Welcome back to another episode of the False Nine Podcast. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Edwin. I'm here with my co-host, Santiago. Santi, how you doing, lad? I'm good. I'm good. The hostess with the mostest. <laughs> Yo, we're as of recording, which is it is Wednesday night on the 26th of October. Insane, insane day in the Champions League for Wednesday. The match week as a whole, if you combine the two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, eh, but Wednesday, oh my freaking gosh, we got a lot to talk about. The it, it, two insane endings to the Tottenham Hotspur match against Sporting Lisbon and Atletico Madrid versus Bayern Leverkusen. We'll talk about that later. Barcelona fall to the Europa League due to Inter beating Victoria Pilsen 4-0. And Manchester City finishing their group on top, first place. Are we shocked? No. Wait, is that, is that confirmed? Yeah, it's confirmed. I... We, we, we needed a draw or a victory against Dortmund to... To finish gotcha, top, gotcha, gotcha, and gotcha. we did it. We got the double. Uh, we got the the draw against Dortmund, so we finished the group on top, which is fire. We're not surprised about that, though. Let's be real. Um, anywho, let's get into it. Santiago, I know you wanted to talk about Barcelona falling into the Europa League and their match to, against Bayern Munich, which they lost. Well, what was the final score? Two 0 three 0 Three. Three. Jesus. Gee, I feel like that. The scoreline, low key, is, is a little harsh in my opinion i don't think it reflects um you you see three now and you would think that barcelona played bad but i honestly i don't think that they played terrible they didn't play well i felt well from what i saw i saw most of the of the first half um when it was just two nil and i felt i felt like their pressing was insane dembele was fucking like I don't, yo, he, this man is, <laughs> I see what you mean. I think, I think, um, three quarters of the field up to three quarters of the field. They played well. It's that final quarter. I mean, yeah. You can yeah. See it. Not nine shots and zero on target really had no, he didn't make, what was the keeper's name? I don't even know. Norris not even playing. They didn't make him sweat really. He didn't even make a safe. So I think at the end of the day, against Bayern, at least specifically the last, was it one, two, like the last four matches, two this year and the two last year in the group stages? I think I don't even think they've scored. They might have scored one that first game. Was it four one? Maybe I don't know. I don't remember. Oh the last yeah, time yeah. The fun. aggregate score of the, of the last like four or six matches. Yeah, it it's been it's been a beatdown, and again, I don't understand why you're still playing Sergio Busquets. I don't understand. Why you're playing Marcos Alonso as center back? Was wow, he playing center back? Thing, yeah, I think the Bar- Mar- Marcos Alonso thing um, was more because of injury, and you, he doesn't want to play PK. I understand that to a certain degree even more. And then, not again. I said this. I, I think I might have said this before, but not playing Ansu Fati again. It's just well. I mean, to be to be fair, Ansu Fati recently, relatively recently, kind of came back from injury. No. Not that I can recall. I'm pretty sure. I don't, and I know he started. I'm pretty sure he started the second half on Sufati. No, he 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 didn't. He didn't. I don't. I don't know what time he came on. Hold on, let me check. Because the first the first subs were Ferran Torres and Rafinha. Again, I don't understand why he keeps insisting with Rafinha. Yeah, Ansu Fati came in with 22 minutes ah, left. Ah, okay, okay. I don't understand it. Um, and then, but then. 
do you rather have Marcos Alonso, who doesn't play center back, who's really not even the greatest left back, who's not a defensive genius? Ah, that's... Talk about defensively. Okay, defensively, okay. Defensively, defensively, I feel like he doesn't have the pace defensively, but... And, I mean, yeah, and I think Alonso, I think, works best, as you saw in those Chelsea teams. As right, 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 yeah, true. Um, But then, I mean, is he... So... What does that tell me? Does it tell me Eric Garcia? Yeah, <laughs> shit. Like we've been, like I've been saying. Didn't before, Eric Garcia like, play though? Yeah, he, so he took out Kunde in the 68th minute ah, too. Ah, okay, but, okay. Damn. So that just kind of solidifies your your argument that Kunde. I mean, not Kunde. Sorry, that Eric Garcia is just not that highly rated. Yeah, does he not trust him? Okay, so yeah. Last four games, Bayern has scored a total of 11 goals. Barca. Jesus, last four, and does that date back to the, to? The... So is this this group stage, and then last year's group? Okay, stages. and we're not even included, including from the pandemic year when the Champions League came back. Right, I mean that you can was, include the eighty-two, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to include it, you know. Yeah, harsh, 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 harsh. Um, I mean, look, like I said, I from what I saw, which was most of the first half only, I don't think that Barcelona technically played bad i thought their pressing against Bayern munich was insane uh the two goals were at fault because of bayerine not holding you know not keeping in line with the defenders and keeping the attackers on side which also kind of i feel like i can i do rate bayerine pretty well i don't think he's amazing but I, I i do like him as a player but i know maybe for the last like three or four years while he was at arsenal um, a lot of Arsenal fans say that he's shit. He's finished, basically. Then he went to Real Betis and kind of, like, found his form again, so to say. But then the fact that he, he was at fault for the first two goals, kind of like... And I know that he's also not first-choice right-back either for for Xavi. So it's no, I think like, it's... I think... But he's the only, like, natural right-back they have. Yeah. Um, I think... I mean, it's easy to point the finger at him. I mean, you could... But... Again, uh, center backs weren't pressing. They had they had holes. They had sorry to say it like this, but they had gaping holes everywhere in the midfield and in the defense. Playing, trying to play that high line because they're trying to press so high. Um, and and again, going back to what you said about Bellerin, yeah, you know, I've I've always been a, also a big Bellerin fan. I always thought that he should have gone to Barca way a long time ago. Um, and today was the first time I was like, yo, dude, this guy looks finished. Yeah. Like as a top, as a top running right back. I mean, could it be a squad rotation player, play some cup games and stuff like that? Or, yeah, I think so. But I don't think he's cut out to play these games. You, you saw so many mistakes. Uh, take about the, take take away the, the defensive part, like just trying to take uh, on Alfonso Davies one on one, trying to beat him with pace. He doesn't have that pace anymore. He was very poor with his passing. It just uh, for me, it was disappointing to see that. Um, but my point, because I wanted to talk about this, is is this like is 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 Barcelona gonna fold? How do you mean? Like they they sold okay. like I mean I'm being exaggerated and I saw this on a tweet, but like they pretty much sold forty percent of their revenue for like the next how many years in order to compete in Europe? Because I don't I think they could have had a squad to compete in La Liga and. And then the domestic cup in Copa del Rey. Uh-huh. I think you could agree that team from so say so you don't touch that team from last year, right? 
I think they could compete. Like, do they win it? Probably not, because they still need the squad. Well, La Liga? Okay. Yeah. I still think Madrid takes them. And, but, like, I mean, so the, the guy commentating on Univision made a good point. It's like, it's such a catastrophe because they sold so much of their revenue to back themselves up to compete and challenge for a European Cup that they're fucked. <laughs> they had calculated, I believe, it was Champions League to get to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. And I think I was looking this up uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it's around, say, 16 to 20 million in total winning prices. Uh-huh. And in order to make that up, I think they can only make up 15 of it if they win the Europa League at this point. Oof. Oh, man. I mean, I, de- I do. I, I, I agree with you. I feel like if you take the same squad from last year, they do have... They do have a chance of competing. Yeah, they, they can, can compete. compete. Yeah, for sure. They could definitely give Real Madrid a little bit of a scare. They might even pull off a little upset and win the whole thing. Uh, but, and w- with the revamping of the squad this past summer window, I don't think, I think it'd be pretty delusional for them to say, okay, we're going to make a deep run into the Champions League, which would be the quarterfinals, what they were at least predicting for. I don't think that that would have been the case. Um, I think if anything, they would make it out of the group stage, and and the I feel like the last point that they would get to would be the round of sixteen. Um, but that didn't happen, obviously, because they got crashed out of of the group stages and other in, in the Europa League. But I do actually I do think that they probably have the best squad to win the Europa League, or at least get to the semifinals. All right, All right we get we can get this, um, we can get this in, in a little bit. But let's just stick to, like, in terms of the buy in the squads. Because I think, so, again, the announcer pointed out that I think what Real Madrid did, when was it? Was it three years ago when Zidane left, when Ronaldo left? Like, when they got Lopetegui after the World Cup, yeah. So, 2018, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Dude, they were so bad. Who, Barca? They just played their kids. No, no, no Real. Okay, okay. They didn't buy. There was a period where, like, Real had him, didn't buy anyone. Yeah. And like, and then you see Barca's like they have some good young talent. Yeah, of course. Again, Ansu Fati, I don't understand why he's not playing. I'm pretty. I think I just think it's because they don't want to rush. Because uh, they don't want to rush him. Because last year, last season, he came back from injury. Then pretty short, shortly afterwards, he got injured again. And then I, I think he got. Didn't he get in? But he's not even. But he's not starting any game. The, okay, don't play him every game. I get your point there. He's not starting any game. He comes in into like the 60th minutes almost every single time. I mean, that, that might. Is there like a thing of like he can't play more than 30 minutes? Fucking say it. That might. That just might be like a precautionary thing from the physios. Who knows? Who knows? Just to kind of like get him on but, pace. Maybe it'll last like another month or so or something, and then he'll he'll be a first team regular. So I think that I think that it it, it killed them so much last year that they were so embarrassed that I think they panicked a little. Mm. I think they panicked. Uh, clearly, Lewandowski is not really making a difference because I could argue that they could have the exact same results if they did if they had Obama Young. Oh, they I think I still think they would be second in La Liga. Well, would they have nine wins? I don't know, maybe not, but I still think they're second in La Liga. Okay. And I and then with Obama Young, 
Would they go through the second round of the Champions League? I don't know. Probably not. Like they are. Right I mean, now. I may, uh, who knows? Maybe Obama Young would have scored that one chance that Lewandowski had at the Allianz Arena. My, yeah, and and looking at like the the signings, Rafinha looks horrible. He looks such a waste of I don't was it was it sixty fifty? I don't. I don't. The pay fifty five. Let's just say fifty. That's ridiculous. Lewandowski makes no sense bringing a thirty four year old for a team that's not ready to win now. Mm-hmm. Um, I the only one that I actually did understand was the Kunde right, one. Right. Right. Yeah. And then I could argue the Frank Kessie on a free I could get. And maybe Christensen. Maybe Christensen. I think the Alonso one was just because they didn't want Jordi Alba there. But I think they could if they just gave out that kid Balde, I think he's going to be a solid left back one day. I mean, he's not there yet because he's a youngster. Didn't he, did he and start then, at left back today, that, that one kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He started. I mean, listen, defensively, he's still right, there. Right. And, and offensively, it's, he's sometimes offensively challenged that... Again, it's not should be a guaranteed starter, but give him a chance. Marcos Alonso, Lewandowski, Rafinha. There's like, and at this point, it's like, why did you even buy Ferran Torres last year? That's what it's right. looking like. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. So surprised they also didn't keep Adama as well. But oh god, yeah. I mean, see, see, see. I think it would have been better to just keep Adama than than get, than get like Rafinha in them. Like I just yeah. Because it's a different... Rafinha, to me, is the exact same... He is Dembele, but worse. So why do you have Rafinha? <laughs> I mean, hey... I'm being honest. Who, uh, who fucking knows, man? Because you could argue... You could argue Ferran and Ansu could, could, like, rotate on the left wing. And then you have Dembele on the right wing. And then Traore is a different player. So when you actually want to, like... You know, you how they've been playing. On the wing. Cross it into the middle. And header... Traor is actually probably a better fit than Rafinha. Right. So it's just, it's nonsense. I think Xavi's running out of excuses. I don't like, he, he like contradicts himself. One day he's like, we, we care about playing well and winning. Then another day it's like, oh, like if they don't play with it, like, oh, you know, not the best team always wins. And I'm like, bro, like, stick to a plan. Stick to a philosophy that you uh, we thought you had, but clearly I don't see anything other than pass it to Dembele, make Dembele make a play, and hope Lewandowski could find something too. At this point, that's their only like uh, tactics on, a, on on attack, and their and their defense is more open than a hooker in Vegas. So like I don't like. All right, Roy, Roy Hudson over here, or whatever. <laughs> but like, dude, I would fire. I would sack and shout. Uh, all right, we're man. Hey. Mandem's getting ahead of himself real quick. I, well, I don't. I think. I think Chavi's the right guy for the job. Um, I think he's the only person that's capable of dealing with the situation that has, over the past like two years. I think Chavi has 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 been the only best fit for for the club, and I think he's he's the right person to move the club to the next direction forward. So, we'll see. We'll see how everything plays out. We'll see how the Europa League venture. Plays out throughout the season, but yeah, all right. So let, let's move on to to City now, who drew no no against Dortmund. Um, wait, hold on. Before we go into City, just one quick thing. So you think Barca are going has the best chance to get to the final in Europe League? I I definitely do think. Yeah, they're they're one of. The... I can't believe I'm saying this. Arsenal would smoke this team. <laughs> 
Oof. Would United? I don't know. But Arsenal would definitely Oof. smoke. Them. Actually, all right. You, you know what? You might have. All right, fine. Maybe not the best, but definitely top. The one of the definitely top four squads in the Europa League. I, I could, I could, yeah, I could argue that they should be expected to make the semis at least, but it also depends on the right, draw. Right. All right. So again, we'll we'll see. But all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a that's a debate to once it's finalized who goes to the Europa and who qualifies for second round of Europa. Because uh, at this point, United are second in the group and they could face Barca in the Europa League. Uh, round 32, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting. That'd be fun. Oof. Oof. I'm not fucking scared of Lewandowski, bro. <laughs> all right, all right. Anywho, anywho. City, like I said, draw nil-nil against Dortmund. Boring. That, that draw. Boring. Finalizes first place, solidifies first place for them in their group. So, I don't... I have to look at the at the tables to see who their um, opponents would be in the PSG. next round. PSG, Milan, what else we got? Leipzig, Liverpool, oh, not Liverpool, Porto, and Inter. Oh, and Sporting. Who do I want from there? Oh, because, I see, I'm, I don't know why, I just feel like Benfica's going to top their group instead of PSG. I know, I, I think, I also believe that as well. Damn, who do I, I don't want PSG just yet. I don't want PSG yet. I don't want PSG just yet. I would want Sporting, honestly. Sporting or Porto? I'm fine with Sporting or Porto. You should win every single one except maybe the PSG one. Okay. Any, anywho, yeah, like like you said, boring. I will be honest. It was a bit of a snooze fest. Um, we didn't. We we knew that we were through already. We were fine. I honestly think that Pep Guardiola was fine and content with getting a draw. Um, so I don't think that. We, I think Holland only Holland only played the first half. We subbed him out at halftime. Uh, we did play with like a kind of like a defensive sort of shape. I'm pretty sure we we shaped up with a four four two, maybe even a four two three one. I think in I think in its in offense we we were in a four two three one, but in defense uh, we switched the shape over to a four four two. Um, but yeah, so kind of defensive minded a little bit. Um, I think there weren't many chances between the two sides, and when there were, I think that Dortmund had the clearer of the of the chances uh, between the two sides. Um, but yeah, snooze fest nonetheless. Um, and what I really want to get into with City is, I don't know how many of you guys listening, you know, um, tune into any like Mark Goldbridge um content on tiktok or on youtube or any social media platforms whatever so for those of you guys that don't know who mark goldbridge is he is a huge manchester united supporter i see a lot of his rants a lot of his rants from last season when ralph ragnick was in the side and there was a bunch of like leaks going out and in, into the media and the press and stuff that's kind of like how i i discovered mark goldbridge but basically he put out a video yesterday and I can only assume that it was in response to to the City Dortmund game. And basically what he was saying is that Manchester City are are really good to the fact that they're just boring and dull to watch and just kind of gray. Because, like, we have the best players, we have the best manager, but, like, it's just not, like, watching them sometimes is just, like, a kind of eh. And then he was also talking about how City don't necessarily, like, they don't irritate him. Right, they don't irritate them the way that an Arsenal would, the way that Liverpool does, the way that um, Chelsea even does, um, so on and so forth. 
Um, and he also touched on kind of like the fan base as well, um, saying that the fan base with City is just completely different. Like he has a little show on Talk Sport, um, and he was also saying that like he gets no City fans calling into Talk Sport at all. Um, there's just no city fan base, basically. Now, I personally don't tune into TalkSport. I see some of their clicks on, uh, clips on TikTok. Um, some of their content is pretty pretty um, entertaining, but I don't really know. They they tend to have, for I'll be honest, they seem very like professional, and that's their job. I mean, I feel like there's a big difference between what, how we talked about things. This is, this is just like a thing we like to do, and we could have some biases. I feel like when you're a journalist. You can't have so many biases, and I think the only problem I have with talk sport is there you is can some clearly bi- I see, see the yeah. bias. It's like, listen, man, like unless you're put out to be like I'm a biased person, like I'm a this fan and this fan, this fan, like you have. There's so many biases that like sometimes it's like kind of like it, it makes it frustrating to watch and yeah, because it's just, also like a little unprofessional due to the fact that they are journalists and pundits, sort of yes. quote unquote. At the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I I don't I don't watch talk sport. I don't know what like the when fans call in. I don't know like what that type of like dynamic and you know an interaction is like. Like I don't know what the fans usually talk about or what they're allowed mm-hmm. to talk about, so on and so forth. Um, but I I just kind of wanted to take a little bit of a moment to like kind of like respond to that Mark Goldbridge video. Whereas I will admit that game boring. I was falling asleep watching. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. There, there are times where watching City is kind of boring, but I don't think that that's kind of like a City thing. I think that that's more so of a Pep Guardiola side thing. Because all, thing. I remember when I, when I first got into watching football, um, the person who, who introduced me to football was an Argentinian. So obviously, I was a huge Messi uh. fan. I was a Barcelona supporter when I, first watched, when I first started getting into it. They were the only matches I saw. And sometimes watching Barca play was just boring because they were just so dominant and like... In the league, so it's just like I'm not expecting any upsets. Like there's like there's not much excitement going on because it's the same thing all the time. They usually dominate all their matches and they usually win all their matches. They didn't lose that much when I was when I first started watching them. Right. So, and I, I feel like you could say the same thing when he when he went over to Bayern Munich. Um, and obviously Bayern Munich dominates the leagues every year. They they win the league consistently all the time. Um, so it's kind of I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. Um, but Mark Goldbridge also said, like, this past weekend, City beat Brighton 3-1, and nobody's talking about it. But my thing is, like, yeah, although I can agree that sometimes watching us play is boring, and we're not really out here talking about City that often. And, Santi, you even say it yourself, like, this, our show is a City and United podcast, right? Well, I, I kind of don't really talk about City that much. But it's kind of like, okay, yeah, we beat Brighton 3-1. I'm exp- I expect to beat Brighton and you're, it, you're, like, you're, not a, you're not a passionate fan, bro. It's just all these like new fans that came no, along. No, 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 no. 2013. It's not. It's no, okay. No, it's not that. No, no. Don't even. You don't, it's you not don't, that I'm not. I'm extremely. You don't, you don't die with City, bro. I do. No, I do. I'm, I'm a very passionate City fan, but it's just like our club is being run properly. We have an amazing infrastructure. We have. We set up a use. When I first started um, watching City. The, the youth system and academy was just starting to get implemented, and now we're seeing the results of how well that has been. Yeah, how many youth players do you have on your team? One. All right, but we still we still developed uh, amazing, amazing product. We developed Daniel Sturridge, fucking Trippier, Foden, Sancho. They played for your team? Great. Sturridge did, yeah. Yeah, he played. How many goals did he score for your team? doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. He's still... He's still 
made it to Chelsea, won a Champions League. He still made it to Liverpool, made, won a Champions League, made it to Europa League finals. Like, he still had a great career. Anywho, that's not the point that I'm trying to make. Like, the infrastructure is is amazing. We have bought amazing players. We have invested, fin- financially invested amazingly. Like, the club is run super well. So I feel like, like, what is there really to talk about? Like, the, there's not much turmoil going on in the club. We, we are have the right mentality. We go into every match expecting to win, and we usually do win most of our games. So, like, I don't understand, like, from it, – it's one thing with – from from your end, Santi. I understand why you want to talk about United. So I also want to partake in the United talk a lot because United have been terrible for the past 10, 10 11 years. So I understand that. City has been run properly and amazingly. So what is there really to talk about? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of just more so like we're just... We, what? Yeah, like honestly. Honestly. I'm just being honestly, honest. From, from my perspective, I don't see a need to continuously talk about City because like, I'm expected to win every match. We perform well every match, right? And we usually... Not every... We don't necessarily have an unsuccessful season, so to say. Since Pep, since Pep is, except maybe his first season, but that was that was first season. To, I'll give him a pass on that because that was his first season in the league. He only made it to what the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Uh, two years Francis. ago, when you lost the Champions League final, you didn't you didn't think and we you still lost the league. Didn't you lose the league? No, you won we, the league? we no, won, the, won league. the league. We won the league. We won the. What about the year before when you lost Champions League in the quarterfinals and you lost the league? Hey, the league was that was that a runaway? The Liverpool runaway? Yeah, but I mean, the pandemic it doesn't count. But I want to make it count against right, you. Well, so. I mean, we we got second place. Honestly, like the yeah, by like twenty five points. Okay, whatever. We're still second place. I don't. Like, oh, but we're still we are, competing, well, though. We're but still we're, we're, when we're 19 points away from you guys, when you guys put 100 points, we're like, oh, you guys are not close to the title, blah, 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 blah. I don't have that. I think I know. I, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying you say it. I say people. All the people right, have said right, it. Right. I, well, okay, but I'm a football fan in general, so I I understand. Like, I, I think what Mourinho did that season with, with Manchester United was phenomenal. I, and I do think that he's probably, apart from, apart from um, Eric Ten Hag, which is pending still. I think Mourinho is probably the the most successful United manager since Sir Alex left. The most he won trophies. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So the the thing is, like, I don't know. I the way that I see it is just like our club is being run great, and we're doing what we're expected of doing. So, like, I feel like I feel like there's there's no issue with just me sitting in silence and humbly humbly watching my team just do great things. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think honestly, at least this year, I do get that feeling. There really isn't nothing to talk about unless it's like, oh, Holland broke another record. But I do think, at least for me, like, I tend to look at the bigger picture, and that's why I always want to talk United. Like, example, Ten Hag is on, on he's put, he keeps putting these two kids, I'm going to say it for the third straight episode, Garnacho and Palestri on the bench. He puts him on the bench every time. He never plays him. He's relying way too much on, on Rashford, on Anthony, and Sancho. I, I respect that he's got the conference. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I like that. Right? I don't blame him for that. But I think that there's a reason he's putting him on the bench, one. And I think they're go- we're going to need them at one point or another in this season. The reason we lost the Europa League final two years ago is to Villarreal. 
because we didn't make any subs. We made one sub. You know why? Because Ole wouldn't fucking trust anyone but his starting eleven. I mean, look. so I so so like I'm saying I I could nitpick stuff, but I only nitpick because I've seen it in the past killed us. And and I and I and I and I, I want to see different results. And look, I'm hopeful we're gonna see different results. But I also want to be a little. I want to nitpick because hey, like what what do you what, what what is this about? Like I need you to like you know you have a squad. Like we have a bigger squad than maybe people think. I, in my opinion. So what? So then my so kind of when I relate this to city is like, dude, Pep makes so many stupid changes that in the biggest game sometimes it fucks you. No, yeah, I mean there there is that that thing that goes around that's that's known that when it comes to big games, Pep does tend to either overthink or he waits too long to make a sub or he he kind of overthinks who to bring on as a sub and he kind of chooses the wrong one. That's like a known thing. But look, in t- in response to what you were saying about like with Oli. Not making only making one sub, and then also um, uh, Ten Hag having these two youngsters on the bench. It's kind of like when you look back at it now, right? Because obviously Ralph Ragnick definitely helped expose the fact that there's just the mentality and the attitude in the United dressing room was just completely toxic, right? So looking well, back no at it now, re- no one respecting the manager and no one respecting right, Ragnick. Ex- ex- so. Exactly. And so clearly that's the biggest change that's happened this year. So, so what I'm trying to say is, like, in retrospect, I understand completely what you're saying, but also I understand on Ali's side, um, and on maybe Ten Hag's side right now with the youngsters is like, look, he's he is the manager. He does know better than anyone, right? So he's kind of like, if he feels like that what's working on the pitch is fine, and he doesn't want to mess up that chemistry by bringing someone on who all who he feels isn't really up for it because they don't have the right attitude or mentality and they're, they're just going to come on to the field and completely fuck up the flow of the game and stuff like i i can't really blame him for that you get what i'm trying to say yeah and i, I guess it's like it's like a little it's a little it's a little thing of toxicity Does that makes toxicity sense? yeah because I was so spoiled as a little kid, always seeing them win trophies, that I know, I mean, I think the new standard for us is, like, get fourth, and it's like, there are some years, like, this year, it might be good enough, but I, but we need to build on something to achieve, the contend for the Premier League. So, I guess my also thing with you is, you're spoiled right now. Yeah. Like, no, you don't I, know. Yeah, like, I, don't, just, I don't. We just went through it. We, we don't know what it is to have a bad, like, for you, it's like, well, I guess if we don't win the league, or, like, I guess we don't win the Champions League. I mean, to me... For you at this point of stage, I, don't, I wouldn't care about the league. I wouldn't care about anything I win other than the Champions League. If I don't win the Champions League, it's a success. It's a failure. No, I'm not there. I, I'm personally not That's there. That's what I would do. I'm personally not there because I want to. I want to level the playing field between between the Premier League titles won between City and United. And I, I know, I know, I know that off, you know, off the record and offline. I mean, off of recording, I told you that. And and you fully agree with me too that ever since I I've seen I started watching City, which is in 2010, I the only years that I've I've felt that United were actual rivals for us were for two seasons and that was the 11-12 season and the 12-13 season, yeah. um, and then because that was when that was before United's downfall basically, um, yeah. and now it's kind of like more so on like a recent recent rivalry type of thing with between like Liverpool and. You know, maybe Spurs, but the Spurs, Spurs is more like a personal vendetta thing because they just genuinely piss me the fuck off, um, <laughs> and shit. So, ah, it's so ultimately the the point I'm trying to make here is with with Goldbridge. I do agree that yeah, City 
are so good that it's that it is pretty boring and it's kind of gray but i don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing i just think that I could speak for myself and maybe for most city fans, it's kind of like, or maybe city fans here in America, because I have no idea what the fandom is like in, in over in England and stuff like that. But like, I feel like it's just, we just know that we're doing what, what we need to do. Everything, everything's kind of like going to plan and the infrastructure of the club is just amazing. So we're just kind of like just sitting back. Like there's not really much to fuss about really. The only thing to fuss about, I guess, is just like how insane, like when we're on our shit, when we're playing amazingly, like it is extremely beautiful to watch like when i watch uh, most city games like i'm really like just chanting like crazy like at how like amazing plays amazing runs like the tactical aspect of it but that's like me that's me so that type of stuff excites me the, the most but like i'm not really like up here like making a fuss about like shit that's going on with city because there's not much going on with city no a hundred percent um and then going back to the original point it really is just a pep thing um i mean i guess the downside, for the most part, I mean, up till this recent like collapse, Barcelona have been always been boring. I think they were kind of fun when they had Neymar and Suarez, but yeah, yeah. And then Bayern, I think, tend to be boring because they're so dominant. So I guess maybe that's what Goldberg is going towards. Like, a, I think you also mentioned like the Premier League's becoming boring. He doesn't want it to be like, oh yeah, they're gonna win, whatever. It's like almost every single game is gonna be like that. And it got to the point with Barca and Bayern. And even Byron still, even like the direct rivals, like like it might get to a point where even the big six, like City, just demolishes all of them. I mean, thankfully it hasn't. Thankfully it hasn't. We still, we still have those games to hold on to, or like exciting. I mean, not if it's six three, you know, but still exciting. Um, well, I, I don't think the Premier League has gotten boring. I just think that with the Cal- no, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, it, even after Pep, it, 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 City could still be boring. Because they'll still have the same tendencies. And that's that's what I'm saying. I think that's what he's trying to get to, that it's a it's a bigger effect. He's not just talking about the now. He's talking about the future. Mm, right. And I mean, I, I do think I'm not. I'd be naive to think that City will never like ever go through a period that United is current has currently been going through for the past ten. Like every team goes through this like little like where they kind of just fall off of it, and it takes a while for them. To, like Barcelona's in that. I never thought when I first started watching football, I never thought Barcelona would be in this like slump that they're currently in and have been in since since what like fucking jeez, I don't even since the last time that they won the Champions League, which is what fifteen sixteen or fourteen fifteen one of one of those two seasons um I never thought Barca would be in this position. I never thought United would be in this position when I first started watching football as well um and I'm pretty sure Real Madrid is going to go through it at some point. Maybe in, it could, who knows, fucking five to ten years, maybe a little bit longer. But they're going well, to they get went, to it. They went for it for like two, two, two seasons, two, three seasons. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't as bad. They were still managed to bounce back quickly. PSG is going to go through it. Like every team is going to go through it. So I hope I never get to see it in my lifetime, where it's like very late in my lifetime. But hey, I'm just I'm just riding my wave, man. I'm just chilling, cooling. But again, I'm not. If if we don't, I'm. I still want to win the Premier League every season because I do wanna, I do wanna kind of like narrow that gap between the other teams that have more Premier League titles than us. You know what I'm saying? So. So yeah. So yeah. That's that's my whole take. Um, sorry if it went longer than most people expected, but that's yeah. That that video did kind of didn't get to me, but I just thought that, that it was interesting because it, it is something that I was kind of like thinking about for a while in terms of like, 
boringness and like maybe like the the fan like not having like this aura to us that like Liverpool fans would have or like Arsenal fans would have but it's it's different we've we've different circumstances and situations so so yeah but anywho moving on let's keep the show on the road yo these two two matches in the Champions League we'll talk Tottenham first yo I've I think, Santi, I know you kind of disagree. Extremely controversial end to the Tottenham match versus Sporting Lisbon. Where VAR ruled out Harry Kane's game winner. He was offside. So, okay, let's get into this. All right, so for those of you that didn't watch the match, like literally last kick of the game, Ivan Perisic puts in a a peach of a ball into the box for... Yvonne Paris is pitching a great ball in for Emerson Royale deep into the box. Emerson Royale heads the ball to try to lay it off to a, an attacker. It looks like he's trying to pull the ball back because he, he heads the ball like in a backwards direction. And the sporting Lisbon player who's marking Royale, he's just running to try to uh, recover some ground. And, and as Emerson Royale heads the ball, the ball deflects off of the sporting Lisbon player approaching. And then it falls into the path of Harry Kane, who was offsides, but he slots in the, the ball for the winning goal. And then VER gets involved, and it takes literally four and a half minutes for them to come to the conclusion that the goal was disallowed. So, let's get into this, this little debate then. I think that VAR fucked it up. I don't think that, I don't think that it was an offside decision, to be honest. Santi? I know you why, why do you, why do you think it was not an offside decision? So like f- from my understanding, I thought that if the ball were to deflect off of off of a defender, whether it be intentional like or unintentional like accidental deflection that they accidentally deflected into the the path of of the offside player, like I I felt like the offside would get um is like nullified and it's he's considered onside due to the fact that it went off of the defender last. Right. Um, and I know that for this season, across every single, this is like worldwide, all of football, the rules for offsides in that regard have changed, right? So it's, um, wh- what's the term again? Deliberate? It has to be De- deliberate. Deliberately, yeah, deliberate play. If the defender deliberately yeah, plays the they ball. Have, pretty much they have to do it on purpose. Right. Well, yeah, so, so that's the thing. So the, the wording of the, of the letter of the law is kind of confusing for me. So I feel like it leaves this gray area. So for me, my understanding is that this goal should count. So basically, I'll, I'll read I'll read the thing for you guys. So basically what it says is, attackers standing in an offside position can be ruled onside if a defender makes a deliberate action to play the ball. Yeah, he would. But, okay. but until now, there has been no explicit definition of a deliberate action, right? So they, they were able to, to kind of like... Um, uh, what's it called? I, yeah, to yeah, define. And for me, a deliberate action is legit. Make a movement towards playing the ball with any part of your body. Right. I think here. I mean, first of all, let's yeah. Get there, this right. there is no. Yeah, by your definition, can, can we can no. we agree? Can we agree? Apart from the the only the only the, the only thing we're dis- discussing is the deliberately maybe deliberate. Yeah. No. Harry Kane was offside. He's yeah. offside. Okay. Yeah. Harry Kane. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Without, that's without a doubt in my. Yeah, okay. Harry Kane so was offside. I he, so clearly he's just going to defend Emerson. Emerson hits the ball down towards him. He doesn't try to block it. Or yeah. Yeah. He he's just he's him. a mo- Yeah. He's a motion. He's that's like just why running back. I think it wasn't deliberate. I mean, Harry Kane scored great for him. Great celebration. But 
I mean, it drew. It is what it is, bro. It sucks. And I think the part with the VAR sucks is, I mean, we can get into it a little bit, but I know this one was an offside call, but a lot of these decisions were trying to correct in slow motion one, and we're trying to have two conflicting uh, judgments of two different people, one on the field, one on in the booth somewhere. And I think that's where the conflict, and I think that's the bigger problem about this is. Wait, wait, yeah, no, hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. We'll get into that in a second. So going back to what you were saying, the defender, yeah, he, by your definition, he wasn't deliberately trying to play the ball. He's literally just tracking back, right? And the ball just uh, hits off, deflects off of him. He, there's no intent to play the ball here. Right. So... So this is what the law states. So deliberate play is when a player has control of the ball with the possibility of passing the ball to a teammate, gaining possession of the ball, or clearing the ball. All right? So going further on to that, if the pass, if the pass attempt to gain possession or clearance by the player in control of the ball is inaccurate or unsuccessful, this does not negate the fact that the players deliberately played the ball. So... That's kind of like confusing to me, sort of. Um, and then they also did give like that wording kind of just like throws me off. And then they also gave guidelines um, for indicators that a player deliberately played the ball. So these are like the, the bases that they kind of go off of. So the ball had traveled from distance and the players had a clear view of it. That's one. Two, the ball was not moving quickly. Three, the direction of the ball was not unexpected. Four, the player had time to coordinate their body movement. He didn't. He didn't have time. Yeah. There he, you go, right there. And the, the last one, a ball moving on the ground is easier to play than the ball in the air. 100%. And, and the ball was in the air. Yeah. So I'm a little confused. Like, is how does this not count as, as a goal? Like, Wait, what do you mean? Just explain it right there. So, all right, so... what? Which one is the one that's confusing you? So, so those guidelines that I just stated. Right. That's an indicator that... So, those are the guidelines where... Uh, that That's what indicates whether a per, whether the player deliberately played the ball under these... Right. Under the rules. Right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, am I stupid? Yes. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, does do all of these guidelines need to be intact, or just one of them needs to be negated, basically? So, for the for that second to last one, the player had time to coordinate their their body movement. No, he didn't. Yeah, he, he didn't. The ball was in the air. Yeah, if one of them is is off, then it's then it's it's yeah, it's offside. not deliberate. Yes, it's not deliberate. Um, now, but I so then go okay. Now that we agree. I think the bigger issue here is, <laughs> okay, I, I think it's gotten to a point where goal line technology we're good with, like that's that's set. I think we're getting close to offside technology, which I didn't see it where they have the Hawkeye. I know they had the Hawkeye view in the Barca game. They have, yeah, they have this this new thing. It's only in the Champions League, I believe, this season. Yeah, the automated offside technology. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a Hawkeye view that literally shows you like a three. Yeah, it's 3D. like a three D. It's pretty cool. It looks it looks cool, and it's better than fucking people drawing lines. So, but that's the th- they did that with. I feel like the automated. I think that that's, so that's the last resort. That is the no, last the, resort. No, but that's my thing. So that's my thing. Did they not? Let's. So I mean, listen. Regardless, whatever it was. We're getting close to figuring out 
the offside rule. Like, the sorry, when it's something's offside or not. I think it's going to get to a point where it's going to tell the referee, just like when it's a... Like goal line uh, technology type thing? It's going to tell them on the, on, the, on the wrist, oh, offsides, not offsides. I think, though, you can make the case, I mean, whether he agreed or not, I think the bigger issue is, okay, he's offsides. But what if the referee on the field says, but he deliberately played the ball? For the most part, like I was telling you before, one, if he gets the call from VAR to go check, it's usually over to yeah, it's usually. it's over one overturn whatever he made whatever call he made on the field, and two, the VAR is the person that is interpreting the play, and that's I, I mean I could be wrong, I don't I haven't really read the like the communication that they have with the VAR. I know I've seen it in in, in it's funny I've seen it in Comable. And it's different that the VAR suggests something, but the ref goes, I interpret it this way, so no. Um, which I actually rather have. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have that as well. I'd rather have the main ref that's on the field get it wrong than the VAR get it wrong. Or try to nitpick every single play and try to get everything right, which is kills the flow. Clearly here, they're like waiting four minutes. And we can talk about the Athletico where they waited like eight minutes to figure out if it was a handball or not. Mm-hmm. It's just like too much interruption for a sport that should not have interruptions. Um so then what I'm saying is like, so then there's the issue of there's two interpretations. Um, and I think for me, I'd rather have that human error into, we could always, uh, I mean, step uh, for this. We agreed that it was offsides because he didn't deliberately play the ball. There's other people that could be like, no, he deliberately played the ball or he was, and he was onside. Like I, I, I would respect that having that, that discussion where the main referee was the one that made the call. Like, hence, he was only assisted by if he was offsides or not, without anyone else telling him if he was offsides or not. Right. And I think it's, it, it's, it should get to the point where I believe um, baseball's doing this a little more. Uh, I mean, tennis has it to the nitpick. Uh, and then I think basketball is finally changing the way they do this, this stuff. Don't review everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I know you want to get everything right, but there's just certain things like... So you're trying to review everything in slow motion. It's just like, that's just you're killing the flow of the game. You're making everything take longer than it should. And at this point, it's like I'm looking. I mean, this happens when I watch um, NFL sometimes. So a big play happens, like, oh, where's the flag? Or like, oh, wait, let's check the review. Like, let's make sure like it happened. Like, I feel like every time we score, I'm like, okay, let's check VAR. The check he's onside. There's no hit. Like mm-hmm. that's not fun, man. The the delay celebrations are so annoying too. Where like they call off a goal, like just like that. Like, you take out so much emotion and passion from the game, just because you want to get every single call right. Like that's not the point. Like I feel like technology should help us, but then the problem is we're still getting a lot of calls wrong. So yeah. it's still efficient. <laughs> yeah, right. So so here here's here's my opinion on it. So like yeah, I I do agree. There are some aspects of VR that I do like, um. So I I don't mind keeping something. Yeah, the, I do agree with the fact that like reviewing every single thing and just nitpicking everything is annoying and it's frustrating. In terms of the the offside thing, I feel like that re- that that one's I that one to me probably is the most annoying one because I feel like with offsides like. There should be like some discretion, you know, like they're 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 measuring everything like by the centimeter, by the millimeter, and it's just like, bro, like come, like are you kidding me? Like are you like you're really gonna call it just because like an like half of an inch of his shoulder is offsides? Like, like that to me is just annoying. Like, well, okay, I mean, 
And then again, I think you wouldn't be annoying if it was like a goal line technology thing where it's the the system tells him, hey, he's offsides, not someone else is telling him, hey, he's offsides. Would that would that let's be best left bothering you for you? Because that's really what goal line technology is. No one's telling him if it's a goal or not. It's the system that's in place. Like, oh, I went all fully through. I think I see. Like, so that's that's kind of where it'd be kind. Um, I'd be maybe like, uh, what's it, what's the word? What's the word? Um, contradicting I'd be kind of contradicting myself because yeah with goal line technology it is precise like the entire ball entirety of the ball has to be over the line no but 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 then but then it's precise because we saw that uh, years ago the Liverpool City game it was this much yeah. that didn't yeah, yeah, cross yeah I'm fine I'm fine with that but when it comes to offside like I'm saying like but it's the same thing I know but it's fine margins yeah but with offside it's just like mm-hmm. I feel like there should be discretion towards it you know what I'm saying and listen like because like, and maybe I'm just going based off of like a, like the past like few years maybe not this year particularly but like it's just like some things where it's like it's so inconsistent and like where they would name some things offsides and other things offside but they would like I feel like they would take like no like discretion or like you know what I'm saying like just give like some leeway to some things. And like it would just that I, would I just think, be inconsistent. I mean, yeah, I know. I think the thing that kills it is there's so many leagues, there's so many competitions that it's every it's different. Yeah, everywhere. it's it's different for a lot of and it's for people that like to watch soccer all around. Uh, sorry, football all around the world. It's fucking irritating, dude. Yeah, because it's like oh, in England they call these bullshit things, and in La Liga they're not calling anything. Just an example. Yeah, yeah, no. So the inconsistencies. Are insane. Like you, we can even go back a few weeks ago to the North London Derby, where with Emerson Royale's red card, like that, that wasn't a foul. And there was, I mean, yeah. listen, and then Arsenal fans are like, "Oh, we've been, we, we, we've, uh, that shit's happened to us, and no red." A hundred, you, so you should be even more mad. Like that, that could have been, like you know, it's like it's just dumb, man. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's annoying. Uh, and I will, I will repeat myself again. Like there are some aspects of it that I do like. Like I do like the the handball stuff, but the rule changes every year for for some of these things. Like with offsides, like with handball stuff, like that. Like some of that stuff does change. So I don't know. It's it's mainly just the inconsistency and in how long it takes to review something. And then also with the with the little monitor. On the field, when when the referee decides, I do agree. Like, like, cause cause what you were saying earlier is just like you don't like how someone's up in the VAR room, whatever. No, like, it should be up to, to their, the ref to their interpretation. Then, but and, the thing is, and it's then not, at the same time, it's not the, it's not sorry, their interpretation. It's more so like they're just going by the letter of the law, and then that's what. But it's how they interpreted the law. Again, going back to the hurricane thing, do they interpret it, deliver it? Someone could say he deliberately played it because he's he made a move towards the ball. They, he didn't. I mean, and then we're like, no, he didn't make any movement towards blocking the ball. But he did. You could argue he did make a movement towards the ball and the player, etc. Again, that's I am okay with letting the referee who's on the field who sees it in real speed make the interpretation. And and then look, sometimes you're gonna maybe listen. Again. Going back to what I proposed, I think we need to like have these like I mean, as much as we're gonna hate it, I think at the end of the day it's gonna be easier because it's gonna be less stoppages. It's gonna be a challenge. The referee, the main referee, has two minutes to look into it. If he can't come up with a reason for of why it's, it should be overturned or vice versa, that's it. It stands. Right, right. There's not, there's not enough evidence. Yeah, that's I, the thing. I feel, I feel like it's like the, the the VAR is like, oh, I see this, so go and take a look. Oh, right. Like, I feel like there's not enough evidence sometimes, and these reviews are taking so goddamn long. Right, right. It's yeah. like there's no uniformality. 
I get what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I do. I do agree with. I'll say this in terms of like uh, leaving the discretion up to the referee on the field. I do believe like with these rules and like the way that the laws are written, I feel like there should be some discretion where like the video, the the assistant referee in the video room a- analyzing the video. It's kind of like where he tells the referee, like, oh, like, ah, uh, like, I, I feel like it could go either way. Like, I want to, I'll leave it up to your discretion because you're the one that I feel like that's how it should be when it comes to that type of stuff. Like, I feel like there should be some discretion where it could be like, it depends on the referee and how like you kind of feel it based on your discretion of how the type of thing is. Like if it, if it's something that could be given, like could go either, either, either way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's human error. That's all. I, I'd rather have it be human error than technology error because we are trying to use this technology and we're still getting pissed off. I think we're getting more pissed off than when it was just the refs making dumb mistakes. Because <laughs> we expect, because you would think like, oh, technology is supposed to be perfect. Right. That's the issue. Exactly. Technology should help us try to get the best outcome, but if it doesn't, and then that's then then it's on the person whether it's right or wrong. I mean, again. Many people interpret it differently. We interpret just the way we we watch football games differently too. Mm. So then, I think that's the beauty of it. There's so many opinions, and I mean, I guess before I used to be like very uh, not condescending, but would just throw away if someone had a different opinion about certain things than me. But you just gotta be more open to it, and it's okay to have disagreements. For, funny thing is, I, I I actually trust them to have to do a good job in the World Cup, which is the funny thing, because mm. I feel like those international tournaments. They, they, for the most part, they're, I think they're very well with VAR. Right. It's kind of funny. Yeah. So the, the the other match, the second match with a lot of controversy, in my opinion, and crazy ending as well, the Atletico Bayern Leverkusen match, ending with an Atletico be with Atletico being awarded a penalty, which they miss, and there's like three rebounds, right? Three or two rebounds after the penalty is blocked by the Leverkusen keeper, which also does not make it into the back of the net. But the controversy here for me is that so this penalty came from an, an athletic corner, which yeah. resulted in two handballs. The first handball is what is being called because the second one was kind of like. Well, that's what we're hoping. We don't know. No, they. they... Oh, now I now I remember what I was gonna say. Sorry, before you continue. Sorry. So I think. The key to VAR that that would help us help it more too is having more transparency. One, I think they should do a referee report after every game. I'm pretty sure they do. I, do they? Yeah, they oh, do. Yeah, yeah, the ref, yeah. Why like would it, you they, see that? That's just for the referee organization. Oh no, 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 no. So people could see. That's what the that's what the NBA does, and it shows like, oh yeah, we missed the call, we missed this. At least acknowledge that they're making mistakes and that these ref like. These referees might not get the big games. One and two. I know they did this in Common Bowl. I don't know if they do it in Champions League or anything. But you heard the the. If we're gonna keep the the guy in the VAR booth helping the right, the, right, uh, yeah. the on field ref main referee. That conversation between them should be out in the public too. Mm, that's interesting. More transparent. I've seen yeah. it in Common Bowl. I haven't seen it anywhere else, but I've seen it in that, Common That would be, yeah, that would, I feel like that would have a lot of mixed, mixed uh, reviews. Because I do know that the refs, they do have like weekly 
weekly meetings and they do all they do do the ref reports at the end of each match where they acknowledge where they feel like they might have gotten stuff wrong the stuff right. that they know that they got stuff wrong and then right. that also determines whether or not a ref will consistently get bigger games or not you know what i'm saying right. i That's know that they do. so you're saying you want that stuff to be just be public more public well. and just and again transparency we won't be if you just like they're making mistakes do we know that they're acknowledging they're making so many mistakes we don't know that. And I think that makes it irritated because every week it's like the same mistakes. Honestly, at the end of the day, sometimes it'd be like, I'd rather you acknowledge that you're making all these mistakes every single week, even though it might be the same one, than just be like, ah, yeah, whatever. We talk about it. We're like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, no, com- completely just- completely understandable. Right, rightfully so. I think all that right. I think that would have mixed reviews, right. but yeah. Back to so, political side. So th- it was it was um, confirmed that it's it was the first handball that was called for the penalty. So my thing is... What's controversial, and this is just maybe because I got, I feel like nobody really knew that this was, this was like the rule or could be the case, was like after the Atletico corner didn't result in a goal and it went behind the line for a goal kick, basically, the ref blew for full time because this was in stoppage time. So the ref blew for full yeah, time. Yeah. The game's over. But VAR is looking at everything. After the whistle's being blown, and they decide that the ref missed a penalty, so they call the penalty. So they call for a penalty to be awarded, even though the full-time whistle had was already blown. I didn't know that. That I'm pretty, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm not alone when I say this. I don't think anyone really knew that that could be the case. Like the full-time whistle was blown already. So like, why? Like I thought, I thought that after that, like there's nothing. Yeah, that it, ha- it happened in the United Brighton game like a couple of years ago in the pandemic. Really. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Oh shit! Yeah, I I didn't even. That's I feel like that's low key, like a little controversial to me. Whatever. Two. I I know. So I know you don't really agree with me, but I think I think that it was a harsh penalty. I do. I don't. It could think, be harsh, but I think it was a pen. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I all right. Yeah, I see how my word. Yeah, when I say it like that, like yeah, like it's kind of it's like soft. Like it could go either or, but like it's really kind of fucked up to give it. As Again, I hope that the main referee when he saw it was the person that interpreted, not the VAR. Was like he did have to go. Handball. He he did have to go. No, to no, the video, I, but yeah. I'm saying at the end of the day, I hope the main referees are the ones actually making the decisions, not getting so influenced by the guy upstairs. That's the only thing that really pissed me off. Right, right. So I don't, I don't think that that was. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that that was a penalty because the ball gets. But it was a handball. It was yeah, no, it was a handball. But I don't think, I don't think it's like in deliberate. I think that the the hand is kind of in a natural position, sort of, and also the fact that Kondogbia, who is the Atletico player, he heads, he gets the ball first, and then he changes the the direction of the ball to go to that defender who hits, who the ball hits the hand of. Right. Right. So the defender is kind of like running away from his own goal to like head the ball, clear the ball forward. Right. Kondogbia mm. gets to it, changes the flight of the ball, so then the defender in midair kind of like has to like switch his anatomy like the way he's moving to try to get to it and his hand kind of naturally kind of like comes up a little bit to the side and it hits his hand. and so like, i'm thinking of like um how far away the player is from Kondogbia. like so like does he have time to like move his hand like is this like you know what i'm saying i just think that there's i think it's kind of harsh i don't think that it was the right call in my, in my opinion i mean atletico ended up bottling the chance anyway so they're out of they're out of the champions league in general they're out of european football um because of that but i don't know i think it was harsh it was just a crazy ending i don't i don't think it was handball uh, yeah you could be right but i mean it is what it is again if it was harsh 
justice surf so that it didn't score anything. So True. True. There is a God. <laughs> there's a God, but there's no God when it comes to V A R. For real. God Oh, and then oof, we didn't even we could talk about this another time too. The next time V A R screws someone over. But what was it? I think what well, Bournemouth this past weekend as well with V A R getting completely screwed over. Oh, with uh with the Kurt Zuma goal. Yeah, the handball. That one was huge, that was worse. Huge, one. But that's the rule. That's that, not a debate. That's you. If it's like if it, if a handball leads to a goal, that's that's a, that's not a goal. No, but the thing is, they ch- they changed the rule on that. It, the, the, the the new ruling is is if if uh, a teammate the player it, plays deliberately or something. No, if if the no, if the ball the hits the hand mind, of someone, which results in a teammate getting the goal, getting the ball to score the goal, then it's still considered. A goal if it's accidental. What a, sh- what a shit. If it's not deliberate. So, yo, Alan, it's just that's a, that's another thing too. Like I, the reason I feel like this was harsh and like it should, with the Atletico situation, I don't think it's dependent. Just because like I don't I don't know what the rules are anymore. Like it's also up in the air. There's no consistency. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Ah, oh, shit. Well, anywho, at least on the bright side. I'm glad to say that Atletico's out of European football. <laughs> maybe, maybe depending on how the rest of the season goes for them, Simeone might finally get sacked. TBD. We shall we'll see. see. We we'll shall see. see. We'll but see. that's hey, all. Maybe they went, Maybe they go on to win Europa, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're not in Europa. Yeah, they are. No. Oh, not yet. Not yet. But they're ahead of Leverkusen. No. They have to win next game. Yeah, they're in third place. No, they're they're out. They're out of the Champions League. Yes. Yeah. So they no, they're, they're out of European league. football. They fit. They're in no. dead last. They're in last. No. They're in oh, they third still have five points. They have. They're they still have a chance. Five points. They're in third with five points, and Leverkusen is fourth. They play at Porto, and Leverkusen play home for Bruce. So, like, realistically, you think that Leverkusen will, will get over, but you never know. Ah, god damn it! I thought that they were. I thought that they were out of European football. No. Ah, oh, shit. Well, all right. Well, on that note, that's all the damn time we got for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't listened to the rest of our episodes, please do so. They're on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts for you to enjoy to your discretion. Please, please, please show some love. Give a shout out. Help us grow and expand. But we will be back next week with another episode for you guys. I hope next week we're talking about Tottenham d- demise because they could get out and knocked out out of the whole damn thing. Oof, oof, yeah. T- Yo, stay tuned, baby. We- we'll be back. <laughs>